Well, here we are again at the beginning of another new year. And let's face it, for, for many people, this new year couldn't have come quickly enough. It's true, isn't it? 2020 had more than its fair share of challenges and difficulties. A year that many people are quite happy to leave behind. But what of 2021? What does it have in store for us, do you think? Well, that's the thing about the future, isn't it? We just don't know what it holds. Sure, we can hope for better times as much as we want, but at the end of the day, we don't even know what tomorrow holds, let alone the next 12 months. And that can be a pretty scary thought. But it's also what makes today's psalm so wonderful. Because it's a psalm that offers us a calm confidence and a peace with which to face the future, come what may. So if you don't already have a Bible open in front of you at Psalm 54, can I encourage you to grab one now and turn with me there, Psalm 54. We can see from the title of this psalm that it is written by none other than King David. And we're also told that it's a maskil. Uh, and though we're not entirely sure what a maskil is, our best guess is that it's a, a song that is meant to be meditated on, you know, pondered upon deeply because there's wisdom to be gained here. And significantly, the title also shows us the context in which the psalm was written. A time before David was made king, when, a time when he was in real trouble. Here, read with me the title of Psalm 54, up the top, where it says, For the director of music, with stringed instruments, a maskil of David, when the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, is not David hiding among us? So we see here that the psalm was written during the time David was on the run from King Saul. Do you remember the story? It happened after God withdrew his favour from Saul on account of his disobedience and designated David as Israel's next king. Despite David's total loyalty to Saul, Saul grew increasingly jealous of David, to the point that he wanted David dead. And so David was forced to run and hide like, like a fugitive, with Saul mercilessly hunting him down. Eventually, David fled to his home territory, uh, into the wilderness region of Ziph. Uh, the people there, the, the Ziphites, were a part of David's own tribe of Judah. So he figured that he'd be safe there. But boy, was he wrong. In the book of 1 Samuel, we read the story of how on two occasions the Ziphites betrayed David, telling Saul exactly where he was hiding. I imagine this must have been a, a terribly hurtful turn of events for David. You know, as someone once said, the saddest thing about betrayal is that it never comes from your enemies. But it was out of this dark and dangerous and disillusioning situation that David penned this psalm. A psalm which begins with a prayer, a, a plea, a plea by David for God to save him and vindicate him. Here, read with me from verse 1. Verse 1. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear the pr my prayer, O God. 
Listen to the words of my mouth. See, in the midst of his great anguish and turmoil, what does David do? He prays. He calls on God to save him by his name. In other words, according to who he is, according to his gracious, kind, merciful, faithful, loving nature. See, David knows what God is like. And it's on this basis that he cries out for God to save him and to vindicate him too. Because at the moment, David's own name is being dragged through the mud. He's been painted as a traitor, despite the fact that he would never raise a hand against Saul. He's been terribly maligned. And so understandably, David wants not only rescue, but vindication too. But as it stands, David's enemies seem invincible. I mean, they're, they're arrogant and ruthless and hell-bent on killing him. These treacherous Ziphites, they're not interested in whether David's innocent or not. No, they're just out for themselves. More interested in currying favour with King Saul than pleasing God. And so now David prays and brings these godless men to God's attention. Here, read with me verse 3. Verse 3, where David prays, Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. People without regard for God. Can you imagine? You know, what, an, what an awful situation. The very people David should have been able to rely on have heartlessly betrayed him. How hurtful. How scary. And at this point, David could easily be consumed with fear or, or disappointment or, or hopelessness, but he isn't. Why not? Well, I think the answer is found in the next verse, where we see David lifting his eyes up from his problems and onto God. Having brought his enemies to God's attention, David now brings God to his own. And as he does, the, the mood of the, the whole psalm shifts from, from anxiety to confidence. Confidence in God. Here, look with me at verse 4. Verse 4. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. You see what David does here? He lifts his eyes to God. And as he does... He reframes his whole situation to take God into account. Because, sure, as David looks at his circumstances, it appears that his life is well and truly in the merciless hands of Saul and his henchmen. But as he lifts his eyes to God, he sees the bigger reality, that his life is ultimately in God's merciful hands. And that truth gives David great confidence, even in the midst of great turmoil. You know, it must have been very tempting for David to try and take Saul out. But he doesn't. Why not? Because he knows that God is his avenger. That justice will be done. That God will never allow his children to suffer without vindication. So David simply 
leaves it with God to make things right. Here, read with me verse 5. Verse 5, where David prays, Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. Do you see what David's doing here? He's not being vindictive in this prayer. He's simply trusting God to deal appropriately with those who are attacking him. He calmly leaves it with God to administer vengeance according to his perfect will. Because David knows that God's faithful ones will always triumph in the end. And finally, David makes a commitment. He promises to worship God with a free will offering. It's a vow to publicly thank and praise God for his goodness and to do it back at the tabernacle. In fact, so confident is David that God will save him that he speaks in the past tense as if his deliverance has already occurred. Here, read with me the the final verses of this psalm from verse 6. Verse 6. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. You have delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. it's, it's It's as though even now, through the eyes of faith, David sees the armies of heaven advancing to his aid giving him the victory. And so he praises God in in anticipation of it. And with that expression of calm, confidence and peace, we reach the end of today's psalm. What have we seen? Well, David is in big trouble. He is uh, being hunted down by Saul and treated like a traitor, even though he's done nothing wrong. And to make things worse, his own people have betrayed him. But in the midst of this dark and lonely situation, David cries out for God to save him because he knows what God is like, gracious, kind, loving, faithful. He lifts his eyes to God and remembers that ultimately his life is in God's good hands. As such, he commits leaving it with God to administer justice on his behalf. And so David thanks and praises God for the victory that he will give. And that's the end of today's psalm. And how did all this pan out for David, you ask? Well, despite some close calls, David, God did go on to save David from Saul and the Ziphites. Eventually, Saul was killed under God's judgment in a battle against the Philistines. And David was installed as king, just as God had promised. In the end, David did praise God at the tabernacle for his goodness and for his salvation. And in fact, he's still praising God in the words of this psalm today. Which leads us to ask, well, what about us here today? You know, what ought we take away from this psalm, do you think? This is a masculine after all. So what wisdom are we meant to gain here? Especially as we enter this new year with all of its unknowns. Well, as I said at the start, I reckon the wonderful thing about this psalm is that it offers us a calm confidence and a peace with which to face face the future, regardless of what it holds. 
Because as we look at David's circumstances here, you've got to admit, they were pretty bad. But he shows us that even if life in 2021 gets that bad, we can still have the kind of confidence and peace demonstrated by David here. How can we live with that kind of confidence and peace this year, do you think? Well, I'd like to offer you now four things, four things, four suggestions that I reckon will really help us to do so. Four New Year's resolutions, if you like. And the first is that we resolve to pray to God in 2021, that we commit to prayer. You know, I wonder what your first response is when trouble comes your way, when things go wrong, when you, when you feel backed into a corner with, with no way out. What do you tend to do? What's the first thing? Swear? Lash out? Sulk? Spiral into anxiety? What, what's, the, what's your first response when trouble comes your way? What's well, worth noting, the first thing David does here in this psalm is, is pray. He pleads for God to save him. That, that, that's, that's his primary weapon, do you see, in his conflict with Saul, prayer. You know, I like what Charles Spurgeon says about this, this, this prayer of David's. He says, as long as God has an open ear, we cannot be shut up in trouble. All other weapons may be useless, but prayer is ever more available. I mean, even Jesus himself turned to prayer when trouble came his way. You remember the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane? When he cried out to his Father in heaven? So if David faced his troubles with prayer, if, if the Son of God turned to prayer when he was in distress then surely it makes sense that we do the same. As we're told in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So firstly, let's resolve to be prayerful in 2021. Secondly, secondly, let's resolve to know God more in the coming year. In today's psalm, David calls on God to save him according to his name, that is, according to his character, his love, mercy, power and justice. See, David knows God's reputation and so he trusts him as a result. You know, last July, my, my family went on holidays and we stayed in an Airbnb but before Beth and I paid all that money, do you know what we first did? We, we read all the reviews. Now, we, we wanted to hear how others had found the place. In other words, did it have a good name or a bad one? And of course, we picked one with a good reputation and we weren't let down. And in the same way, as we come to know God's character more, as, as, we, as we learn what he's like, what he, what he has done for, for others, it's... It's then that we see his five-star rating, so to speak. And like David, it's then that we're emboldened to cry out to him with confidence. But then you know what? For we on, on this side of the cross, we can, have, we can have even more confidence than David ever did. 
because God has revealed even more of himself to us. Think about Romans chapter 8, where we're told, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Friends, here's what David didn't know. God gave his own son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you. His own innocent son gave up his life to save a hopeless sinner like you. Oh, such love. Such incomparable compassion and mercy. That is the God we know. And now your life is in his hands. And he is your help and sustainer. You know, I don't know what crises you will face in the coming year. But I do know that God is bigger than them all. So when trouble comes your way, and it just seems overwhelming, friend, lift up your eyes, lift them up to God, and reframe your situation with him in it. Like David, tell yourself the truth again and again and again. Surely God is my help and my sustainer. Uh, Lottie Moon was a missionary to China early last century and in her ministry she faced great danger at many times. But in a letter that she wrote back to concerned supporters back home in the US, she said this. She wrote, I have a firm conviction that I am immortal until my work is done. Wow. Now, that's a woman who saw God as her help. And surely God is our help and sustainer too. And so as we go into this new year, let me encourage you to go deeper with God, spending time in his word, being here at church each week and turning up to Bible study each week. And as you get to know him through his word more and more, you will be filled with confidence to face whatever comes your way. Thirdly, thirdly, let's resolve to leave vengeance to God. For some of us in 2021, I'm afraid to say that the trouble we face may well come in in the form of our own Ziphites, if you know what I mean. Perhaps there will be people we encounter who will hurt us in one way or another or take advantage. Perhaps we'll be betrayed by someone we we thought that we could trust, a colleague, a, a family member, a friend. Perhaps we'll find ourselves being maligned in one way or another. And our natural instinct, our natural tendency may may well be to, to get even to make them pay for hurting us, to to take revenge. But as we look at this story of David, it's important to note that even when he had the very real opportunity, he didn't pay Saul back. In fact, he spared Saul's life on at least two occasions. Why would he do that? Because he trusted God to take care of it. 
And that's what we've got to learn too. When we've been wronged, you know, we don't have to turn our life into a John Wick movie, ruthlessly taking down all those who've wronged us. No. We can leave it with God, knowing that his justice, unlike ours, is never arbitrary and that he never makes mistakes. And surely Jesus is our perfect example here. In 1 Peter chapter 2, we're told, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Instead of calling down vengeance on his enemies, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. And if he did that for his enemies, then he can help us love ours too. We're not going to just, you know, excuse or or, or justify or minimise the wrongs people have done. But we will work towards forgiveness. Remembering that whatever they've done to us pales in comparison to the way we've sinned against God. And when we remember that, that that we've been forgiven such an impossible debt, it gives us perspective on, on the smaller debts others owe us. And by God's grace, we can move towards them with mercy and kindness. Friends, God has set a day when he will judge the world. And so when we face injustice, we, we can rest in the knowledge that God will deal with it justly, either in this life or the next. So in 2021, let's resolve to leave vengeance to God. And fourth and finally, let's resolve to be a people of praise this year. People who are are not ashamed to to thank and praise God before anyone who will listen. David praised God for his deliverance and and it should be the same for us too. Sometimes in 2021, we'll face tough times, but we'll pray to God and he'll deliver us in an amazing way. And when that happens... Well, let's make sure it's not simply back to business as usual, okay? Remember the story of the 10 lepers? Jesus healed, he he healed all of them. But how many came back to thank him? Just one. Friends, you and I need to be that one who turns back to the Lord with a heart full of praise. But you know what? there may well also be times in the coming year when we face tough times and we cry out to God, but the problem doesn't go away. But in those circumstances too, we can still praise God, just like David did. Why is that? Because just like David, we know how all this ends. We know that one day we will share in Christ's victory over evil forever. And all our problems will be a thing of the past. And you know, it's that eternal perspective that makes it possible for us to live out the command in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, which says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And you know, when I think of people who live lives of praise to God, I 
I can't help but think of Hyacinth Wong. For those of you who don't know her, Hyacinth is a, an elderly member of our congregation who lives in a nursing home. How do you think you'd go in her situation? She's a, a widow, bedridden, and her nursing home has been in and out of lockdown all year long. She had made arrangements to join us at our carol service and she was really looking forward to it, but had to cancel those plans due to new restrictions. At Christmas time, only one of her relatives was allowed to come and visit her. But when my, my wife Beth spoke to her this week, Hyacinth was overflowing with thankfulness. I'm so content, dear, she said. The Lord is so good to me, dear. If ever you come within earshot of Hyacinth, rest assured that you will hear her praising her Lord because she has an eternal perspective. And if she can do that in her situation, then surely we can do it in ours too. So here we are at the beginning of a brand new year. What it holds for us remains to be seen. But here's what we do know. God hears our prayers. Our lives are in his good hands. He will right all wrongs. And one day all our troubles will be a thing of the past. So let's learn from the wisdom of this psalm as we head into 2021. Let's resolve right here, right now, to pray to God, to know him more, to leave vengeance to him and to praise him for all his goodness in our lives. Let's pray. Well, dear Lord, you do hear us when we cry out to you. So please help us to pray. Mighty God, no matter how big our problems are, you are so much bigger. So please help us to keep our eyes on you. Heavenly Father, you always vindicate your children. So please help us to leave vengeance to you. And loving God, in Jesus, our eternal future has already been won. So please help us to praise you always. And Lord, as we resolve to do these things in the coming year, please Give us a calm confidence to face the future, come what may. In Jesus' name, amen.